What was it like having a cigarette with David Tell? Because he's like the famous smoking comic for our generation. Right. Uh, (laughs) It was as cool as you would want it to be. I mean... Were you were you embarrassed? Were you like a little kid, like <coughs> coughing all no, over the place? No, no, like it it, it <laughs> was no, his... it was fine, but like you could tell he was a smoker because he got done way faster than yeah. I did. I was just kind of sitting there babysitting it, but like I was I'd be more so interested starsh- in talking to him. Yeah. I'd be than... starstruck and like embarrassed. Like I'd be measuring his cigarette to my cigarette and like almost passing out as I try to keep up. He's and... just like the nicest, absolutely the nicest That's guy. Awesome. <laughs> Rosemary looks like the social studies middle school teacher who hates his fucking students. <laughs> Off the you know what I'm, I'm, I'm the cool middle school teacher. <laughs> Andy, Andy plays in a reggae band on the weekend. <laughs> That's, right. That's right. That's why that I hate the good. students. Right. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. I want to introduce to y'all. We are here to introduce. I'm here to introduce. Ladies and gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Comedy Connects. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess we're we're rolling. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> welcome to Comedy Connects. I am Jenny Soldner. I'm Mike Shampo. And today we have two comedians, Chris Roseberry. Hello. And Faison Malik. Yep. Ooh, Thank did I so get it much. right? Yep. Yep. Yes. Awesome. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Thanks for coming. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for having us on. So we can go back to uh, random bullshit. But do you want to tell us how long you've been in comedy? Where you, what your background is? Which deal is? Um. Yeah, I've been doing comedy steadily for about three years now i uh i'm still trying to figure out whether i want to go by christopher roseberry or grizzly or what other version so like as much as i'm working on material i'm still trying to figure out a name (laughs) oh that's that's a good one why the fuck do you sound like you have cancer yeah i've been i had i caught leukemia three years ago I might have. I haven't seen a doctor no, in like 12 years. <laughs> I, might, I might have. I might have it right now. We don't it's know. True. It's true. But you know, like that's a, that's a real dilemma. Like, because you do have a nickname. I don't. So like, Grizzly is a cool ass fucking name. But I would, honestly, if I were you, man, like I would stick with a real name. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. It's so difficult because you want that branding, right? Because Grizzly, people are going to remember Chris. Yeah, there's there's yeah, a million Chris too. and Christopher. But like, he does yep. have a really distinct yep. like last name too, like Roseberry. Like, you that's know, true. Well, that? yeah, Christopher Sean Roseberry is a very presidential name. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I'm, I'm electing not you. Not a president. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> definitely. Yeah, I'm electing definitely. you. Yeah. Where did the Where did the nickname Grizzly come from? Uh, I've <laughs> smoked way too much to even remember. No, it was oh. like high school and it just kind of stuck randomly. And I've moved. So no one here in Wisconsin has ever known me by Grizzly. No one's here from high school or anything like that. Right. Blah, blah, blah. So I kind of carried it over and brought it here. And it's because we don't yeah. get to pick our nicknames. And once the people who gave them to us aren't around anymore, that nickname doesn't exist. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, I grew up in Maine and people called me, my maiden name is Barefoot and they called me Barefoot all the time. Everyone knew me as Barefoot. And then I got to Wisconsin and what? Barefoot? No, like no one calls me that and I'm not going to tell them, hey, by the way, my nickname is, that's right? weird. And <laughs> yeah, I, I don't ever really introduce myself or anything. So then I thought, well, maybe I'll use it on stage, you know, yeah. and I, sometimes it's been like just grizzly. Sometimes... <clears throat> Excuse me. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's been, you know, Christopher Grizzly Roseberry or mm-hmm. whatever. And like I said, I'm still trying to figure it out. Yep. And usually it's whoever's hosting. <laughs> They'll just figure it out. Right. So it's kind of like you're someone's gonna brand you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. that's interesting, like how you had 
like the control over your own nickname because like most of the people don't mm-hmm. and the fact that you could like actually like bring it and it stuck with the people that's actually pretty interesting because I've never seen that happen actually I got middle school bullied by the FedEx driver last week <laughs> because all their stuff is hands off now so you say your name yeah. into their machine to say that you received your package yeah and so Mike Shampoo and it says it back to you Mike Shampoo mother <laughs> I didn't need that sixth grade trauma one more time, but yeah, yeah, here we yeah, are. Yeah, Thanks, yeah, yeah. FedEx guy. Yeah, 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 exactly. But back to the question, I mean, I started doing comedy like two and a half years ago, um, and I started in Michigan. So, you know, I've only been here, what, what like two months now, mm-hmm. maximum, not even. So, yeah, I started in Lansing and then started doing startup in Lansing and then like uh, started the comedy club first ever at Michigan State. So now they have a comedy club. But it's not well run though, you know. You started it. Yep. Wow. Nice. Yeah. Well, like it's a like a college organization. Yeah, exactly. Right. So you know what college That's organizations? Cool. It's like so fucked up because like we can't. Oh, are we? Yeah, you yep. can. Yep. By we're, all means, we're art. We're, we're X-rated. Yeah, man. We're X-rated. We're usually exactly, telling comedians yeah. to get Ooh, naked. Yeah, yeah. It's a whole thing. I had this shitty ass podcast in school, and they're like, "Oh my god, just say you know, you know, curse words." And how would you guys meet? I'm like, "Yeah, we were having an orgy at my place. That's how all the fucking comedians met, bitch." Like, if you're gonna put so many restrictions on us, that's exactly what I'm gonna say. You know, like, like you, you can't have a podcast with comedians and say keep it clean. No. You just can't well, do that. Even if they don't use curse words, the stories that they might be talking about might be dark. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Don't bang the table. Oh, sorry. About that. <laughs> sorry about that. My bad. That's okay. But uh, we're, we're drumming over here now. We're gonna now. get a whole band. We're gonna get a whole like band going. But yeah, but like that's how I started. Cool. Bring nice. the cowbell. You, yeah. Needs more cowbell. Need a chainsaw too. Actually, I, I was gonna say like with with Grizzly like. We got to get you some time up north in northern Wisconsin and like get you up with the people that'll relate to that name and you know get you a little <laughs> culture to match it. Like, right? Yeah. I have a couple of bits about like hunting and <laughs> stuff like that, but yeah. Yeah. It's it's an interesting brand if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did a show recently and I'm not going to name any names, but I was just going to do a guest spot. I was kind of taking it as like maybe an audition. Um, that, you know, I'll go up there and do it for free. And if it works out, then maybe I can get on a, a paid show later or something. <clears throat> and, um, the person made gift bags for every, all the comics. And oh, I had sweet. one and it, it was interesting, but it was, it was kind of funny, but all the stuff in there seemed bear themed (laughs) like there were two bags of teddy grams like everyone got snacks and like water stuff like that but in mine there were two bags of teddy grams there was a a kodiak protein bar (laughs) with the bear on it and i was just like okay okay this is this is like you know what do you want for christmas and just getting something you know sports themed or packer themed every single year like that's all you get from your family it's like now the brand might be working against me. Yeah. So I kind of feel stupid right now. And this may be because I'm not from the Midwest, but I didn't think of a grizzly bear when I've heard grizzly. I oh. heard, I've heard of like tough meat, you know, how does it, it taste a little yep. grizzly? Yep. No, it's yep. grizzly. Those are S's, <laughs> not Z's. Yo, this is I, I'm, I'm the author. I know the words. And sometimes I make the I'll, words go. Yeah. Sometimes I'll say that on stage. I'll be like, yeah, my name's Grizzly. 
whether it's the bear, the adjective, doesn't matter. Just look at me. It works. And, yeah, there you, you know, go. Like, yeah. I didn't even think of the bear. No, where, where'd you move move from? Uh, East Coast. I grew up in Maine and lived in Virginia oh. for a while. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. When did you, so. you move to Wisconsin? Four or five years ago. Oh, damn. I can never keep it straight. How's it yeah. change for you? Like It's ridiculous. I know, right? <laughs> I'm it from is California, whole... born and raised. You're from Maine. Yeah. yeah. You're from... Pakistan. Pakistan. Yeah, I'm the only one from here. He's born and raised Green Bay. I put Green the I in Bay. Wisconsin. Damn. He's, yeah, it's it was a culture shock moving here. Because, I bet. Like, I, people are really nice. I know, right? Like, <laughs> oddly nice. It's the south of the north. It is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, funny yeah. because I always heard that Maine was the south and south of the north, but not for being kind and generous, just for being you know annoying rednecks with guns. Like, <laughs> yeah, we don't, we don't have that here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, what was Maine like? Was it like just a bunch of like I mean I don't know like liberal assholes or what? oh absolutely okay. like the main motto is give us your money and get the fuck out like oh, okay, okay. they are you know hoity-toity snobs that Yo. yeah no like that's i'm not a, i'm not a fan i was i didn't like living there i, I love so, all my main friends doesn't listening, have a big following you. in maine or I, uh, to all my friends in maine who are listening <laughs> i i love you you guys were nice <laughs> <laughs> isn't it weird tell like your how, friends yeah <laughs> isn't it weird like how big cities are like yeah liberal but they're also really snobbish see maine doesn't have any big cities they're it's small town everything or like liberal towns right like they they might be all like for everything but Mm -hmm. like then again if you say anything incorrectly then they might be looking down on you yep as opposed to if you come to like a town in the midwest right which is not as populated like it's really welcoming you know no matter yes so like that that's because i went down to milwaukee everyone Every comic tries so hard. You know, like, you can just see a comic writing. Mm-hmm. Like, they, they'll try so hard to, like, go around the topics, right? And then if a, per, if a comic uses a certain word, they, they'll be like, ah. You know what I'm saying? Like, they'll make that face. I'm like, come on. Like, what the fuck? You know, mm-hmm. which I, I respect their writing because they try really hard. Like, it's it's they have good writing and shit. But it's like, I could also feel, like, a bit of, like, a clicky vibe. Like, kind mm-hmm. of, like, a snobbish vibe. You know, if you were to say something incorrect, factually incorrect... But you know, it's for the fucking joke, right? Every comic understands for the joke. They'll be like, they'll actually correct you on stage. I'm like, bro, oh, let wow. the fucking joke pass. Where did Isn't this happen? Yeah. Milwaukee? In Milwaukee? Milwaukee. Isn't that fascinating how it depends on where you're at, where something will work in Green Bay, but it won't work in Milwaukee. Yeah. Or, you know, you go to these different places, but then you get those comedians that end up working all across the world. That's the you goal, know? right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So how do you find that? How do you find the middle and make it interesting still? Yeah, and still be unique and stand out. Mm-hmm. I feel like you can only do that when you've done enough rooms, man. Like when you, because mm-hmm. like my aim is to like just do as many different rooms as I can. Because like if I am yep. just, if I'm sorry, go ahead. If, no, I was uh, I was agreeing. I was just saying, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, like, exactly. I, I because like if I point. just keep on coming to like, just as an example, if I just keep on coming to like you know Skyline, right? And if I feel comfortable enough to try new shit, that's like my safe place. But I won't learn how to read the room if I just don't yeah. hop on different. Right. Completely you want to get out of your comfort zone. Exactly. It's exactly. A good yeah. teaching tool. Coming from Michigan, like since scene in Detroit is like really different. Coming to uh, Milwaukee was definitely a culture shock for me. Definitely. Mm-hmm. And like it kind of pushed me because two weeks I was doing 10 mics. 
I did like wow. 10 mics in 2 weeks mm. after my license got suspended so that's a that's a different fucking story <laughs> no i'm not doing as many but uh, but yeah like it's definitely like it pushed me really hard to like write diff- like write more you know because the scene's totally different so yeah. depending on where you are in Wisconsin like if you come in with a hard opinion yeah. you you'll you'll get pushback and in other parts you'll get oh look at you you have opinions and they'll just be like, uh, they're not going to test you on it at all. They're just going to like, yeah. they'll shrink to it rather than c- have a confrontation. So yeah. do you guys ever do things like political or anything that really could divide people? Like, do you have any I like to like make that? fun of both sides, but I will specifically try to make fun of both sides. Like, I like to make fun of the right and then immediately make fun of the left or at, or, or at least get there soon so that they know, because I, I'm not going to say anything that I am, because I really don't know slash care, because mm-hmm. they all have different parts that I agree mm-hmm. with, and mm-hmm. different parts I disagree exactly. with. So I just don't like the my ways, or the highway, and yeah. the extremists on each side, yeah. you know? Like, yep. you know, do you, oh, the left is like... Has anyone asked the grass if it wanted to be mowed? <laughs> and the right. <laughs> Yo, that was so fucking funny. <laughs> that is the best description, Yo, political description I've ever yeah, heard. Yeah, exactly. 110% agree with this guy. Yeah, hey, at least he confirmed that the left is concerned with consent. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> consent is important. Yeah. And and the right's extremes are just as crazy. You know yep. what I mean? So it's, it's. Oh, I was really looking forward to what you were going to pull I, out I know. There. I was, uh, but All I didn't right, have one as good. What do we got for the right? Yeah, yeah. We'll I don't there. need consent as long as I have my AR-15. <laughs> there you go. Okay, we. If you didn't know what side Mike was on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, like, okay, so himself. the weird thing that I've seen in like far right crowds and like all black crowds is is that they laugh at the exact same shit. Mm-hmm. Like no matter how raunchy it is. Like I've I've done those rooms. I've done rooms where it's like hick really wide like a place called holton in holton, michigan yeah. yeah you've heard of that right yep. really wide right and the darkest shit that i've ever done right and then i do the same jokes in a totally black crowd and they lose their shit at the same thing mm-hmm. so i'm like we're actually like we think really similarly you mm-hmm. know what i'm saying so yeah. Mm-hmm. so yeah that's i feel like that was interesting for me yeah one out of five my the rule of thumb for me is one out of five people are assholes so it's one out mm-hmm. of five doctors one out of five comics one out of five Cops, one out of five teachers, whatever. One out of five people are assholes. Yeah. So the statistics on officers are forty percent spousal abuse rate. So I think it's more than one out of five. Well, yeah. <laughs> for for yeah. cops, it's but, way more. Yeah. I love how I love how you became a robot for like three seconds. Well, the statistics show that I. <laughs> and she's giving me shit about showing my colors. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> Um, oh, Chris is over here like I'm gonna get that one out of five. There. <laughs> well, those there are, are my people. There are five people in this room right now. Who's the asshole? I'm looking at Nate. Oh, it's, oh okay. I was going to say, it's probably me. <laughs> definitely the producer. Sorry, he edits our set. We're going to be nice. It's definitely not Nate. You <laughs> can't make it any worse than it already is. <laughs> oh, no, I get that. But yeah, I think for the most part, when pe- you know, the type of people who are going to a comedy show are ready to laugh at things. You know, yeah. like if people are going to be super offended by anything, they're probably not going to comedy shows in general. God, they- I wish that was true. There's still some, but like I think the vast majority of people who go to see a comedy show. I just did a room where nobody would laugh at anything at all. 
But like, the, come on. Yeah, that wasn't the best. Yeah. That was a bad Yeah, audience. but like, I mean, that's, laugh. but the thing is like, that's different than like somebody coming, coming up to you after you do your set and be like, hey man, I'm bothered by what you said over there. Like that's never ha- happened to me in my two mm-hmm. years. You know what I'm saying? So that's different than just like bombing. Working at Skyline has shown me a lot of different audiences. And oh, yeah. the thing about it is like most of the audience comes to see the headliner. And so, you know, stereotypes are stereotypes for a reason Mm -hmm. and so there's a lot of um similarities in audiences and stuff because as a as a audience member if you see someone that has similarities to you or something that's relatable you kind of latch on to that or whatever and that helps the experience makes things better so a lot of people come to see the headliner so when when there's an Hispanic comedian. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of Hispanics mm-hmm. in the audience, mm-hmm. and you know we sell a lot of more tequila and nachos, mm-hmm. and whatever. <laughs> wow. And that's just statistics. That's <laughs> yeah, not. Exactly. Are you allowed that's... to say that? <laughs> well, to be clear, I told you I was the asshole. I told you I was the asshole. And that's so true, though. It like, is that true. Is so... I, it's very true. We we I, sell different yeah. alcohol yeah. to different audiences. Oh, wow. And but the interesting thing is the features or the host. Because they are not type with typed up with right. the audience, yeah, and not. so that's really cool to watch working there. I get yeah. to see how people that don't have the type audience, because like you were saying, conservative conservative audiences laugh at so much stuff, yep. And yep. even themselves all the time. They laugh at religious jokes. They laugh at you know. Uh, Red political jokes. They mm-hmm. laugh at themselves. They laugh at Trump jokes. Yep, they laugh uh, at Trump But if you get them on the street in a conversation, that's when they, oh, but whatever. Like, But in the comedy club, they laugh at all that yeah, 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 more yeah. than the left does. Yep, and yep. I've just noticed that from certain audiences. Right. Mm-hmm. And, it, you know, the feature comes up and they're not red, mm-hmm. but the audience is. So what do they do and this and that? And then you get to see them on a one night then the, the next show, then the next night, and then the next show. And so maybe they change some things, maybe they don't. But mm-hmm. that's really the cool part about I've working there and watching that, all where that. I've gone for a specific feature and then the headliner. Or, sorry, headliner. And then the host or the feature, I'm like, one of them, I'm just like, no. Yep. Why? Why yep. of all people would this person be selected? Mm-hmm. But the reality is, is that they have an audience who would adore them, but it's not this audience, mm-hmm. yep. you know? Yep. yep. And I always feel a little bit bad for them. <laughs> and in the business, there are, you know, as a, as a comedian, the more you work, the more you do whatever. So the feature comics will know that too, of course. Mm-hmm. So they will try to get acts or get in with a headliner that matches up with them. Yeah. And it doesn't always work. So that's the, you know, an interesting thing. Um, mm. As much as I love watching the pros, of course, <clears throat> of course, I'm going to watch the pros, but it's cool to watch the features and the hosts deal with what they're dealing with. Cause you know, as a young comic, I'm dealing with the same thing. So, so comics in general, it's always more, you know, more stage time as much as you can get on stage yeah. to learn to practice. Would you ever turn down an offer based on where it's at or who's on the show or you just going to get up there and risk the bomb? Oh yeah. The bomb. I go for the bomb. Like yeah. that's mm-hmm. like you, cause like if you, f- Oh, sorry. Do you wanna, you no, wanna, go. Oh, okay. I was just going to say like, if you bomb, that's, that's where you learn the most, you know? Cause like, then you're like, 
then you're anxious about oh what the fuck did i do wrong so that then i'm going to go back and nerd out nerd out on all my material you know like just write more and more and more and have more ideas to like do like come back and do well cuz like i i bombed the first time at the milwaukee improv oh that is such a tense fucking room man i hated <laughs> that room oh yeah it's uh, every you know like how all youngsters like cuz like in the milwaukee scene they're mostly like 20 years old like you know like maybe 30s maybe like five guys in their 40s you know mm-hmm. michigan is all a lot of middle aged dudes so it's like more relaxed you know but over here it's like you could feel the tension in the air so it's like mostly like kids who were like oh i'm going to out funny this guy you know what i'm saying like oh. that vibe yep. so it was kind of like tense so like i want to come i was feeling scared to go back to the room and that's when you have to be like oh that's why i need to go to this fucking room because i'm feeling scared of this room you know mm-hmm. so and then you keep on going back and it works out it's not an issue yep. but that is really important to, to do like all weird ass rooms you know yeah, yeah they they say that the key to success is fail faster right yeah. it's the same idea and really. i wouldn't i'm not going to say i agree with what you're saying mm-hmm. i wouldn't put it like um, i'm going for the bomb but go to try to avoid the bomb go somewhere yeah, yeah, yeah. like out of your comfort zone go somewhere where you think oh i might bomb and try really hard not to because then that's even an extra bonus like if you yeah, go yeah, somewhere yeah that's completely opposite of your style and you get a good reaction i think that would feel yeah amazing so we talk about bombing a lot and i want to ask what what do you is the definition of bombing for you because i've almost never i mean of course we've all seen that you know com- like comedian just offend people right but if someone's really trying they usually get some laughs so what's bombing to you well that's that depends on the comedian and their perspective. Like for me, for example, I look for the audience. So if I'm going to an open mic at a bar or whatever, um, a local place that doesn't have a lot of people in the crowd, mm-hmm. and I see a lot of comics in the crowd that I've seen before, that's not my audience. I'm, I'm literally looking. If there's 10 people out there, I'm looking for you know, two to, to 10 laughs. Mm-hmm. But if I hear, I need to hear one reaction. Bombing would be getting no reaction. So if you go to like Skyline Comedy Club, there's bigger crowds. Uh, so you can get 30 to 70 people on a, on a Wednesday night or something like that. <clears throat> and, you know, 20 or 30 of them are comics that have heard mm-hmm. your material before. So you think of the size of the room. Okay, there's 50 people here. 30 of them aren't going to laugh. So I'm going to listen for 20 people. Mm-hmm. versus 50 people. If I'm listening for 50 people laughing and I hear 20, it sounds to me like I'm bombing. Right. Well, I have the perspective of I'm listening for 20 people. And so if I get five laughs, and I'm not doing too good, but if I get 15, 20 laughs, then then that's I'm doing good. Right. And so the comic has to have the right perspective of who's in the audience or where they are. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've done material <clears throat> at Skyline Comedy Club at an open mic and heard crickets. And, I, <laughs> and the, the two days later, I got to do a guest spot for a headliner. And I did the exact same material mm-hmm. and got lots and lots of laughs because yep. that audience paid money to go see a comedian. And right. they yeah. weren't just sitting there thinking about their material or uh you know their boyfriend that's going to go up on stage or a picture they want to take or <laughs> did you, you know just call me out not you no 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 not you i take maggie to uh, everything 
Maggie goes to everything whenever we don't have the kids. Like she'd yeah. be Such here now, kid, right? out on the couch. Is, I feel if... like the girlfriend should get paid because we have to yeah. watch all of you guys say the same fucking thing over, over and over and over. And First over you hear again. it at home and twenty times, nice. then you hear it on stage, and then we walk <laughs> off stage like, why didn't you laugh? I didn't hear you laugh. I never said that to her. <laughs> I've never ever said that to I her. Felt kind of bad you know, I was we, recording. I need those did, laughs yeah. for my Instagram. <laughs> The last show that we put on, I was standing right up next to the stage and all these other comics that I don't see that often because they were from, you know, Madison, wherever. And so I am dying of laughter as these people are up there. And then Mike goes up and I'm just straight faced. And I'm like, man, I look like a bitch for a girlfriend. But <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, it's just not funny anymore. It's yep. not. That's, that's why my goal is always to find one new interjection in the moment to like try and give her something to laugh at. He needs that. Oh, she still thinks she I still think I'm funny. Will purposefully leave out one or two jokes and do them to try to get a real reaction out of Maggie mm-hmm. at the club. Mm. Oh, that's cute. And then I'll I, and I'll ask her about it later. I'm like, you know, so what'd you think or whatever, you know, we talk about it later and she'll say things like, "Oh, I really like that one" or whatever and and it's always a new one. Because yeah. she's heard everything else. So, of course, she likes that one. But I already knew she liked some of the other ones. She doesn't like everything I say, of course. Man, but- fuck you guys, man. You guys are out here fucking have. I feel lonely <laughs> as fuck right I- now. You guys, oh my God, like I'd share my. If you want to feel loved, I will come and not laugh at your set. All right, there you go. <laughs> That's what's up. That would make me feel better. I'd be like, it but, uh, it warms was my really cold, strange. Dead heart. Maggie's so supportive. She's very, very similar to you in this situation that you guys have going on. She's so supportive, um, but sometimes she really wants to go watch the show. And I'm like, mm-hmm. hey, record or take a picture or do this or that. And that's when there's, I'm not going to say arguments or conflict, but that's when sometimes things don't match up. Because mm-hmm. I'll be like, oh, did you take pictures? And she'll have her phone and my phone. And I'm like, Okay, so where's the video? She's like, well, I took pictures. You're supposed to do both. But it's like, it's not her job. She's not my manager. She's not like, it's, this isn't a job for her. It's a job for me. Yeah, she's out there drinking. Yeah, exactly. She's trying to watch the show and stuff. I can't work two phones and down this. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. As the person taking the videos and the pictures, it is stressful because you're like, if he has an amazing set and I screwed up the video, it's now not useful. But then, of course, I get a great video when he didn't have a postable set. And it's like... Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's yeah. it's a lot of Tens pressure lot. for no pay. That <laughs> set that I was said the guest spot that I did at Skyline I did for Josh Wolf mm-hmm. and oh, damn. yeah it was he's awesome yeah he's That's so awesome. funny and he's a really really nice guy. Mm-hmm. Um, the I was gonna record it I had it set up in the booth and I told the, my manager to set it to record and everything. And she messed it up. Mm. And I didn't even tell her about it. Like, I didn't even ask. And it, like, well, I went to watch the video later. And hopefully it was, she doesn't, it was in, like, slow-mo mode. Oh. And so I had to, like, I, I could edit it you and just take out the whole slow. But it was, like, <laughs> this super long, you know, heavy megapixel, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, just ridiculous. You can see when he, his heart broke at the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah just ridiculous. And, but I didn't, I, wouldn't, I didn't even say a word. I didn't even yeah. mention it because, you know. You know, I got to live the experience, and I'll try to remember that, and that's pretty much it. So yeah, there'll be more later. All right. So, what's your definition of a bomb? Faison? I feel like for me, it's um, I feel like he has a more nuanced perspective. I would, I'm pretty hard on myself for sure. 
because like if i get like a few hee hees from the back i'm like oh this shit sucks like for me it has to be like blow up type thing you know like i mm. want to blow the room up like you know so if i don't do that like it's not necessarily a bomb right but it doesn't feel obviously as good as when you're like blowing the room up right mm-hmm. so if it's like a few like if it's like 40 people and then 10 15 of them laughed i'll be like oh this is a bomb right yeah or maybe half of them i'm like yeah this is a bomb it yeah. wasn't like rah, like you know like people are running out of their seats or like really like roaring laughter i'm like oh that was a bomb yep. yeah i feel like mike has the same perspective as you because yeah. Yeah. I've quit comedy like 37 times in the last year and a half. <laughs> She's constantly trying to talk me off of cliffs. And Well, yeah. a, a big you know. thing that I usually try to point out, you know, from sitting in the audience is I've noticed that comedians only consider how the audience reacted to them. And while I get why you'd be doing that, it it's not really speaking to what kind of audience it was. So yeah. with him, I will point out, well, you know, you got the same amount of laughs as these other two comics, or maybe you got more laughs. And even though you only got 15 laughs in mm-hmm. a room of 50, other people got seven laughs in a room of 50 or, you know what I mean? Yep. Yes. So it's like, sometimes the audience is just bad for everybody. That that's not a personal bomb. It's There not are like some comedians that like, don't like that premise, but I, firmly believe in that so there are some audiences that suck period why would you not compare yourself against your contemporaries like there's nothing wrong with that that's the way the world works we do it all the time the idea is that you should be able to go in and own any audience if you're good enough right and i just don't think that that's true that's like the idea of you know sales like you've got to convince yourself that every person is a sale but they're not not. they're just not like every audience you can make them If you're the type of person that can go to any audience, anywhere, at any time, and make them laugh, Mm -hmm. you're a bullshitter. (laughs) And you, there's a lot of pandering. There's a, I mean, you because you have to know where you are. You have to try to understand who's out there, who you're Mm -hmm. talking to, because you know, for a lot of comics, you do you, like you be yourself you do your material Mm -hmm. so if you could take your material and make everybody laugh then you're just you're disney you're you're kind of pandering or you're generic i'm not gonna say you're fake or you're hacky but you're fake and hacky so (laughs) (laughs) i won't say it it, but yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and look there's 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 legends out there We, we know there's a lot of funny people but they're to me the those type of people are as rare as the michael jordans and And Kobe yep. Bryant's and and whatever you know, there's certain people that can do certain things, and in whatever field they're in, there's certain doctors that are amazing, whatever. So when it comes to comedy, yeah, there's guys. I mean, the funniest person I've ever met in my entire life has never tried stand up or or comedy of any kind, you know. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how to get people that are naturally funny or could light up a room every time. To go do that, you know, you just have to right. want to. But when you want to, you usually want to do you, and you bring yourself or your, you know, part of you or whatever brought you up into this position that you're now in. It makes me think of Jerry Seinfeld because, of course, he did all the hard work, right, to get to where he was in his sitcom and everything. But then he struggled with that because he still wanted to get back on stage. But when he got back on stage, he felt like. You know, I'm getting these laughs because I'm me. 
right? Yeah, exactly. They're and so, yeah. So yep. then he tried to write a whole new yep. set yeah. and yep. started from the beginning. And he's like, the worst feeling was you get up there and the crowd roars because you they know who I am. And then it just gets quieter and quieter. Mm-hmm. And I realize my, my stuff's not good. And it's like, if you can be the most successful comedian of all time and still bomb, like... Of course we're going to. Of course, yeah. yeah. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 of course. Uh, to to speak to something that you said, Chris, um, I had a a crisis one time because I had been telling a joke with a couple of tags and a couple of tags were, I felt very original and very me. And I threw in one that was, I would, I consider was kind of hacky, but I'm like, whatever, it'll be a people pleaser. And then I finally got a compliment on that joke and then specifically that tag. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, son of a. Yep. Bitch. Yep. I don't want that. Like, exactly. we'll pick the one that was actually I, funny, yeah. interesting, and more me than than this one. Like, so like I learned. I like I gotta. That's that's out of here. I'm done with this one. And see, I I'm weird. My <laughs> my whole process is just weird because I might hold on to that tag uh, because it worked, and maybe just move it up and try my other ones after. Try to get my other one you know i'm i would be competitive with myself like i gotta get these other two to work Mm -hmm. but i i still might lean on that one if they don't or i might use it first to to get the laughs and then maybe in the height the other ones will kind of go with it right um maybe that's a better idea momentum but i couldn't do it right like (laughs) no i completely understand it it just just hurt too much i completely understand yeah you just had to pick that one didn't you yeah screw it that's gone no how often do you guys write new stuff? You go first. Oh, <laughs> I mean, I would say like I'm always writing something, you know, even even when I'm at work. Uh, but the thing is, like, it it comes in like waves, you know. Some days I'll be like, okay, I have nothing new, you know. Um, but what really helped me was like moving to a new scene because that really pushed me to write more, mm-hmm. um, and do my older stuff as well. So, so I think like definitely depends it's, there's so many variables to that you know so it's like it's, i might be taking a shit and might have an idea and then just write that down on my phone while i'm taking a shit next time i hear you said i'm gonna be like which all right which one which that one was the poo joke that you? was yeah, the poo yeah, joke exa- exactly <laughs> or eating food you know very random and then like it depends right so like some days like a saturday i'll be like okay you know what i feel like writing let me just write so i'll go to a coffee shop or just set up my table and then actually write the whole thing and then I have another notebook for that, like smaller one mm-hmm. to make like bullet points. So, you know, like it's like I'm all over the place kind of. So some weeks I would write a lot and then other weeks I would not write shit, you know, so it, it depends. Do you ever end up writing stuff from what you accidentally told on stage? Like you get on stage yes. and you start riffing and then you... Yes, that, that's how I have found a lot of my punchlines. Mm-hmm. Yeah, writing on stage. I think that's... That's definitely something like when I don't have time, if I'm going to school full time and I'm working full time or working part time, you just don't have that much time to just like sit down for an, a good hour, mm-hmm. you know, and write. Right. So like whenever I'm traveling to mics, just like 10 minutes before getting on stage, I'll write something new or take a premise, take a new premise and just take it on stage and see a riff from there. Mm-hmm. If it works, you know, I'll come back and maybe write that premise and then just keep on trying it, you know. Yep. So maybe sharpen it a little bit if I can. So, yeah. Gotcha. Yep. How much stuff do you have that you've touched on? Like you, 
you wrote it down and then just never went back to it ever. There's so much stuff like that. So I can't so ever, like, it's like, I know I had something here yeah. seven months ago, but I just cannot get back to this. And now I don't know what to do with it. Like, mm-hmm. I, there, there, there was something. I wrote down enough to know what it was about, but now I can't find anything funny with it and I can't develop this at all. No, I feel like you got to have, like, I mean, you already remember that you have new stuff, right? So, like, maybe if you have a day off or, like, a few hours off or when you're super relaxed, maybe, like, I, I usually be like, okay, let me open up all my notes <laughs> and then see if I had something that I'm just not using it or there are new ones that I've not used. So, I did write it, like, maybe this Saturday, like, some new stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, that I, that was in my phone and I just write, wrote it down on paper. I'm a paper guy. I just love writing on paper, so... I that do was, that thing uh, where, oh, go ahead. Uh, now, yeah, I was, yeah. You were, I do that thing where I think of stuff <laughs> when I'm going to sleep. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm laying in bed. Oh, yeah. I think of stuff all the time. That's annoying, I, though. It's That's horrible the worst because I, I <laughs> half of the time, I'll get my phone and I'll write some stuff down. The other half the time, I won't. And when I don't, I don't remember it the next day. Yep. And if I do write it down, half of it is just gibberish. <laughs> so, it, it, you know, it's awful. But I remember laughing to myself mm-hmm. at these jokes or these whatever that I come up with and then I just lose them. Oh, I just that's lose frustrating. Them. Oh, yeah, that <laughs> happens a lot. As a comic, that so happens much. a lot. That so happens much. so much. Mm-hmm. And stage time is like one of the biggest hindrances. Like you were saying, I there's so much material that I have written up and you get five minutes. As a new comic, everywhere you go, you get five minutes. That's mm-hmm. it. Maybe four, maybe whatever, but you're going to get five minutes and you've got 20 minutes worth of stuff to say. And it's not 20 minutes worth of good comedy. You're a new comic. But, I mean, it's it's you just you have a lot of stuff to say. I've got lots of jokes written down. And I try these jokes on stage. And it gets some type of reaction to where I work on it. And I work on it. And I work on it. And I've just missed these mm-hmm. other jokes mm-hmm. that I haven't been working on because I'm focusing on this. And then you go back months later and you're like, crap, what was that even about? I think that's where comedy is one of the hardest art forms because, you know, if you're so a musician rough. or something, you can sit in your garage and you can keep practicing and practicing and practicing. But with comics, it's like, well, I got to fit in this five minutes and then I, you know, life gets busy. You do one or two a week, if that, and mm-hmm. especially in certain areas where there aren't the options, you know, you go down to Milwaukee and of course there's way more open like mics than mics up in here week. in Green Bay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you think of the people who want to try to make it and they live in, you know, BFE in the middle of nowhere somewhere mm-hmm. without any mics. Yeah. It's so challenging because you guys need an audience. Yep. Yeah. All but the time. on top of it is it in certain areas, like especially here in Green Bay, you can't get that audience. Even if you were to schedule a <laughs> bunch of open mics, people aren't going to keep coming. They're yeah. going to get bored and burnt out. And yeah, it's so challenging. It really is. Do you guys ever do virtual open mics? No, is I have a, not. I have not done. Like we heard about like that. I've heard about them, that but that I have not thing. tried. I wonder I saw how them that all goes. The time. Yeah, they were all over Facebook for a while. And every once in a while, I'd be like, well, maybe I'll be around at that time and I'll come back and check it out. But I never ended up. It seems them. like it would be really hard to get into the mood while you're sitting there in your, you know, pajama pants and mm, your Zoom yeah. call. And I would just shoot on Zoom and the virtual open mic itself. I would not even do any of my shit. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing, too. Like, uh, I got five minutes. So I write five minutes worth of material and I practice that material and then. I go put it on stage 
and I I personally don't do a lot of riffing or crowd work um, mm-hmm. because I just I'm not there yet. I mean, I I try to write and I try to practice what I write because I want it to you know, I want to perform a certain way. And so I do the memorizing and blah, blah, blah. Like, is that something you ever want to do? Do oh, you yeah, ever want 100%. to get to that I, I, It's something that I want to do. It's something that I know that I need to practice. Mm-hmm. Like if I went to a roast battle right now, I'd get destroyed. <laughs> but, you know, if I could go to a couple of them, eventually I'd be pretty good. And um, it's just one of those things. I sometimes can come up with some some fun tags like being the host at the open mics at skyline before i became the actual host like this is a job mm-hmm. um i did it when the other host couldn't make it once or twice and it was fun and it was there was some sponta- spontaneity mm-hmm. spark uh, the spark <laughs> big yeah, words yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. i mean yeah, i had know. grisly we wrong know. earlier so it's, it's right. just hey, man, yeah. english, english is my so fifth language this isn't bro. a linguist podcast and then the yeah. last two open mics i did um where i was the host felt kind of like a job i put maybe a little too much pressure on myself and i don't mm-hmm. think i did as good mm-hmm. as the other ones um because people would you know leave the stage and I'd say, you know, something cool. I don't like making fun of the comics. I don't like making fun of the host. Um, but kind of a laughing with instead of laughing at. So if they Which, had a joke, I don't, I hate adding on to other people's comedy. Mm-hmm. But I might, you know, slip in a little tag or, you know, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, sometimes they'll get a laugh. But the last couple times it's been, all right, next to the stage is this person. And coming up, it's this person. And I wasn't. Yeah. As loose. Yeah. loose, yeah, and I realized that, so I think it'll be much better going forward. But it yeah, seems yeah, yeah. like it's funny that you mentioned how I don't, you don't like it's to make practice. fun of other comics and stuff because it seems like that's pretty much what hosts do, like pretty consistently. Yeah. After a comic gets off stage, that person, the host, will now make fun of that comic, or mm-hmm. they'll pick apart one of their jokes, and everyone mm-hmm. laughs. And so it's like what. It seems like that's that's a good challenge for hosts. Like, be yeah. funny, but don't yeah. be a dick. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's exactly what I'm trying to do. Like, I want to try to be funny and not be a dick. Mm-hmm. It's just a great way to put it. I like, especially at a mic, I like to lead off the last comics joke or maybe the second to last yeah. comics joke. Yeah. And, and, and it's never with intent to be mean. It just right. helps it feel like the show's continuing. Mm. So whatever yeah. goodwill they built, I can grab a little bit of that yep. and then get into my stuff. Oh, I'm a firm believer in momentum, yeah, especially mm-hmm. in comedy. And I've seen it at so many mics and this and that. I've watched, you know, it, it starts to die down less and, and the laughs mm-hmm. just get less and less. And um, it was like kind of what you were saying earlier. We're like, well, you know, you got a couple, the same couple of laughs that this guy did. And... There's there's a big thing in comedy. A lot of pe- people like to go up sooner rather than later. Mm-hmm. You might not want to be the first comic on stage, but you want to go up soon, get it over with. But at the same time, it's not get it over with. It's there's a fresh audience instead right. of we've been sitting here for half an hour. Exactly. And you know, I, I want to go smoke a cigarette or whatever <laughs> yeah. the blah, blah, blah is going on in their head. Yeah. And I feel like the earlier you go, the more energy and with being in the audience so often now, I found that 
if if I go to a show and there's, you know, your standard three where you've got, you know, your host, your feature, your headliner, it feels that hour and a half feels much quicker. Mm-hmm. But if you go to an hour and a half open mic oh. and it's four minutes, four minutes, four minutes, four uh, minutes, it is, it feels draining. It's yep. like, it is. I'm not, I don't want to laugh anywhere. Like, I'm sure you're hilarious, but I'm <laughs> done. And that hour and a half time is absolute. If you're going, if you're doing, if you're trying to do a two hour show or two and a half hour show, if you're bringing on a mm-hmm. dozen people, yep. like it's just, yeah, you have to remember, like the show. Too much of a good thing yeah. is not a good thing because well, the show is not about the person putting it on. It's not about the people that are performing on the show. It's about the audience. Yep. So you need to keep in mind that, uh, yeah, laugh fatigue is a real thing. Mm-hmm. So you know it's it's important. So yeah, it's definitely tough being from you know 15 to 24. Yep. You know that those first 15 spots are probably your best chance of getting laughs. Um, once you're past that 15, you're looking at probably a, a little bit of, hard, of a harder time unless there's just genuinely a good vibe going. Like if you get to that 15 and then those next three guys, oh, yeah, people, really ramp it up or not even just ramp it up. Well, if they like if they struggle, mm. the room then might it's be, dying. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah. the room might yeah. be done for the night now. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Um, I feel like but like the fun part of it comes in when like you're like, you know what? Like, let me wake these motherfuckers up. Right. So if you go with that mindset, because like I've had the challenge. Oh, mm-hmm. man. I love the, the challenge. Because like if you're fighting for the laughs and you feel like you're fighting and then at the end you get them to burst. That is the best feeling ever. Mm-hmm. Like that's the because I used to go on last at an open mic, a lot of open mics uh, in in Michigan, and and like there were chances I would bomb, but like the the nights that I did not bomb, it was the best fucking feeling because like the the room is sleeping at that point, mm-hmm. they're fucking sleeping right, and then if you get get them to like wake up. That that's amazing. Well, yeah, because that's where you know I did this. I'm yeah, not, exactly. You know, yeah, I'm yeah, not yeah, bumming yeah. off the yeah, the yeah, hard yeah. work of other people. This yeah. is only me, and you can claim that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There was a show a few weeks ago, and I did a guest spot, and it was a small audience Thursday night show, and the host went up and did his ten minutes, and he got laughs uh, for his ten minutes. You know, he did pretty good, and then. I went up and I did my guest spot and it was just five minutes and I did my good five minute material. Mm-hmm. I got the laughs. Everything went great and I got the heck out of there. And then the feature came up, did 30 minutes. And every now and then there was just a quiet, there was just a lull. And then the the headliner went up, same thing. You know, he had a great set, but every now and then there was just kind of yeah. quiet and there was a lull. And I was like, wow, I actually... I'm happy I only got five minutes. (laughs) I always want more time, (laughs) except tonight. Tonight, I think I did pretty good with five. 100% agree, yeah. Do you tend to, like, feel better about those shorter sets? Because then you can just get up there, slam it out, and get the bunch of laughs. I I felt really good with that one. Mm -hmm. And then um, this past weekend, I did a show, and I did uh, pretty much the same type of thing. I was the second comedian up. The host went up. The host bombed. I went up. I got a bunch of laughs. And then all the, literally, I was the second comic. So as soon as I got off stage, when he announced, or when I said, good night, folks, whatever, um, 
10 people got up and went outside to go smoke a cigarette. Oh, wow. And so they missed the first five, six minutes of the next act. Mm -hmm. And it happened every comedian after that. There were four more comics. In between every comedian, they got up to go smoke. I was just the lucky one that was the first comedian up after the host yeah. and nobody left. So I had the full audience. So Mike that did felt a pretty good too. Like Mike did a show not that long ago where they built in a smoke break, like a 10 or 15 minute smoke break. Yeah. And the comedians were kind of like, that's, they were annoyed, like that's going to kill mm -hmm. the momentum. But mm -hmm. at the same time, it prevents that. Yeah. But so it did, it did make a brand new show for the headliner. He had to do all yeah. the work after that. He had to yeah. do, he had to, get into his opening he had to catch them he had to get them back into the room yep, yep. and yep. that's that's challenge because we are a momentum show yep. it is all about keeping things progressing 100 so any, any faltering any pauses any lulls any lacks it th there's a chance that you can just kill the room permanently but it's difficult because you get these business owners who always want to reinvent the wheel, right? They want like, well, let's do it with some music or, you yeah. know, they always have these ideas and the, you can't like the, the wheel has been invented, leave it alone. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And obviously there's somebody much smarter than any of us who's done the psychology on this and why it works this way and why it needs to be this way. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it, it seems like whenever there's a deviation on this, it's, it always irritates somebody, <laughs> um, mm -hmm. whether it's the the performers or the or the crowd. Um, but wouldn't it be cool, like if ten people like walked out for a smoke and then you were like you did so well that like they actually came back and listened to your shit? You know what I'm saying? Like they were like, oh, what the fuck's going on inside? I hear laughs, and they were like, oh, I'm curious now. Right. You know, like that's that's the goal. You know, but, I don't know. I don't know that many smokers that will end their cigarette early. <laughs> that's right. also true right <laughs> that's also very true that's a very important seven minutes right. <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh that's true eight if you're smoking hundreds yeah exactly yeah. probably more if you're smoking hundreds i, I hate smoking hundreds there's such that thing is so long. The filter is so long. It feels like you're like she has to work so much harder. To you're get sucking her gasoline out of a tank or something. It's like uh, why? Yeah, I don't exactly. Understand the point. When you start smoking, like, did you start smoking around comics or even before that? Oh, I've been smoking for a long time. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Because mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. I just usually smoke sex when I'm around comics. I don't do it on yep. my own time. I yeah. started smoking when I was, like, 16. Mm -hmm. I smoked all the way up into my 30s, and then I switched to vape. I was vaping for a few years, and then I quit altogether until... I did a guest spot for Dave Attell at Skyline. Yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it was it was really cool. And like I was freaking out, blah, blah, blah. And I did a good spot. And when I got off stage, uh, the host smoked. And I said, hey, can I bum a cigarette from you? <laughs> and she went into the green room. And um, like I just wanted to run outside and, and yeah. call my wife real quick. Like, hey, this amazing thing happened. And she went in the green room and she came out. She's like, hey, come in, come in. Dave wants to talk to you. And then I got wow. to smoke a cigarette with Dave Attell. And then I literally just s smoked like weekends at Skyline randomly. I would like, so, you know, someone would have a cigarette and or I, I would buy a pack and just leave it at the club. Mm -hmm. and I didn't smoke at home. I didn't whatever. And I didn't smoke a whole bunch at night, but one or two on a Friday night, one or two on a Saturday night. And it's really, really weird because uh, it worked for like six months. Yeah, I bet. And I was like, wow. Mm -hmm. Normally I would be fiending, but 
It right. didn't right. bother me at all. And well, then I got a vape one day and I just, well, screw it. <laughs> How old are you if you don't remember? You said 30s. Like, I thought you were 28 or something. Yeah, I'm 38. What? No way, dude. Damn. How old are you, Fizan? 24. Oh, he's a baby. <laughs> <laughs> It's always fun when we get the young ones. <laughs> we get the young ones. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, a lot yeah. of people think I'm younger. Yeah, I, I would say like 20, 28. I don't know why, but I get that a lot. Max, I assumed, because I'm 38, I assumed you were, you you have a child, right? And Three of them. To me, yeah. To me, like there was another comic not that long ago that Mike thought was older. And I was like, no, I'm pretty sure he's our age. And how people talk about their kids tends to tell me yeah. like, yep, that's, they're about our age. So it mm -hmm. doesn't even matter how you look. It's like, no, you, you talk about your kids the way I talk about my kids. Mm -hmm. <laughs> We must be the same age. Of course, there's no, that's not logically sound, but it's what my brain yeah, does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it worked. So, it what worked. was it like having a cigarette with David Tell? Because he's like the famous smoking comic for our generation. Right. Uh, not it not was, Faison's generation. Just, just <laughs> it was yeah. as cool as you would want it to be. I mean, yeah. if you were a smoker, like for me, I really, I hadn't smoked in. Were you were you were you like a little kid like <laughs> coughing all no, over the place? No, no, like it it, it <laughs> no, was his... it was fine, but like you could tell he was a smoker because he got done way faster than yeah. I did. I was just kind of <laughs> sitting there babysitting it, but like I was I'd be more so interested in talking to him. Yeah. I'd be and... starstruck and like embarrassed, like I'd be measuring his cigarette to my cigarette and like almost passing out as I try to keep up. And... He's just like the nicest. Absolutely the nicest That's guy. Because awesome. then, of course, he goes on stage and lies to everybody. But he's like, <laughs> oh, give it up for the host. Give it up for... And then, give it up for Grizzly. He was the coolest guy here. Blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I'm like... Wow. He didn't need to do that. But obviously, it felt great for me, whatever. Like, it was really, really cool. He was a cool dude. Mm -hmm. we, we just sat there and bullshitted. He asked some of the same similar questions. How long have you been in comedy? You know, what? why do you... Why do you want to do this? Blah, blah, yep. blah. He told me I had a good set. And I, awesome. and I specifically remember and taking point, like, David Tell didn't say, you're funny. He said you had a good set. And that actually felt better. It felt more professional, yeah, for exactly, lack of a better yeah. words. And, yeah. and I really liked that. And what was weird was, okay, so they he asked the club, do you are there any local comics that want to do a guest spot? So the manager asked me, And I said, hell yeah, of course. And so um, I thought it was going to be on the second show because we do two shows. And if I do it on the first show, it'll make the show go longer. It'll cut into someone's time. I just assumed second show only. Mm -hmm. That's kind of how it goes with guest spots because um, we got to clear out for the next show. So they, um, the host comes and says, oh, you're going to go up on the first show. And I was like, no, I'm not. She's like, yeah, 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 whatever. I'll do less time. And I said, no, I'm not taking anyone's time. Hell no. And then Dave said, no, I'll do less time. You're going to go up for, for the first one. Mm -hmm. Damn. And my manager was standing right there. I just looked at her and she was like, she just shook her head like, yeah, cool. And I was like, all right, oh, here we go. Wow. So I did the first one and I, I nailed it. I did really good. So the, the second show, I was so nervous for the first one and I nailed it. So the second show, I didn't have those nerves. And I don't think I did as good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was so <laughs> weird. I did yep, not do happens. as good on the second show as I did on the first show. That happens. And it like I remember the feeling. Like I was, you know, whatever you want to call it, panic attack, stage fright. Right. Like I was in that moment like, oh, my God, this is a guest spot for David. And obviously it's David Tell. So sold out 210 people in the building, mm -hmm. blah, blah, wow. blah. Like it was a big deal. It was my first time something like that. 
It was, sorry, it was my second time because my first guest spot was for Josh Wolf, and that was really cool. Um, but like this one just felt crazy. And then, so the second time I went up, I didn't do as good. And I was like, I mean, it wasn't yeah. a bomb, but I was just yeah. like, what the <laughs> hell happened? Mm-hmm. Obviously, I, want, I need the jitters. Yeah. I want crazy Uncle Dave to give me 10 minutes. Right. right? So do you, <laughs> have you guys either, like, you know, that thinking that kind of thing, or when you mentioned the green room, have you ever felt celebrity status for a show that you've done where it's like, you know, you get to walk into the green room and like that other people would think that you are a celebrity. Have you ever felt that? Once. Once. And it literally just happened this past weekend. Yeah. Like I worked that night at Skyline. So when I got off stage, I, I had to ask, I didn't have to, but I asked my manager if I could take a break. She's like, yeah, go, whatever. Like, but I, I smoked with David Tell and hung out for a little bit. And then I went back behind the bar and started working. And um, I have stood in the back when the show is over. You know, as doorman security, you stand in the back when the show's over for meet and greet, stuff like mm-hmm. that. And there have been nights when I've been standing back there as security and people have come back drunk like, oh, you did really good. And I'm like, OK, I, I was no not idea. on stage. <laughs> and, and then but that night, you know, people would come, oh, you did really good or whatever. And I'm like, well, is this genuine or whatever? And that w- I was working, you know, and I mm-hmm. didn't really feel it. Um, but this past weekend, I went to do a guest spot. But when I got there, like I said, there was. A card and a little gift bag for me from the host and uh, the producers or whatever. And then we had our own section. It wasn't a green room, but we mm-hmm. had a little section. And when we were done, there was meet and greet. And people wanted to shake my hand as much as they wanted to shake the other comics' hands. Cool. And that felt really good. That nice. felt like one of those moments, um, which was cool because it's why we do it. You know, yeah. We want to make people laugh. We want to make people feel good. So when they say, you made me feel good. That's what it's all for. Nice. Yeah, I have. I wouldn't say I have because I feel like it also depends. Like Apple, like Skyline is a really like legit professional club. So you know, if you were to perform there and do a guest spot for or open for anybody who's on the pro level, it would feel different. But like, yes, like you know, all around Michigan, I would say here and there, like little things. But I try to ignore them because, like, if you let like that just like get to your head, you know, like for me that I have that insecurity that oh, you know, like that's all blah blah. That's fluff, mm-hmm. you know. So. I wouldn't say I have, no. I would not say I have that much, no. I don't know if that makes you guys better people than me, but when people compliment me, I 100% like, absolutely. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) No, like, yeah. I I can't take compliments also. That's that's a thing. But yeah, I can. I can. Give me all of them. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't it weird, like, if even though I have low self-esteem, but still I can't take them, even though it would help my... Like that's that's weird. that's how I am too. That's it's like up. I I want I want you to compliment me and then but you do and it. I'm like no don't do no, that don't again. Do yeah, but yeah, please yeah. please do it more and yeah, no. Exactly. Yeah. There's no. safety in the insecurity. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. It's the worst. It's the, it's Which is why we all end up doing this shit anyway, exactly. right? Because it's like, look at me, but don't. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. What do what do I do? I hide behind a a podcast. <laughs> I got nothing. I feel like you like you, you picking comics brains. 
I I have been obsessed with comedy since I was a child. Okay. Like I was, you know, back before there were podcasts and Netflix and YouTube specials, I was scouring for books and like I wanted all the information on comedy. I always wanted to be a stand-up comedian. I was just fascinated by it. But I'm a chicken shit to be <laughs> fair so then when mike got into it it's like i just you know we'd be sitting around after a show or something and the comics are all sitting there talking and for the most part the girlfriends you know they tend to be like off in the corner i'm like no i'm i'm gonna <laughs> hang out with the i want to know what they're saying i have yep. questions <laughs> i've got questions i've got feedback i want to talk to you about your nervous tics <laughs> that's actually really funny I, yeah i Wait. but do you point out people's insecurities? Because that'd be hilarious. Like, I mean, be... I, you know, we did one, we talked about it once about, you know, people's different on our, on our very first on podcast. Our po- yeah, our first podcast where, you know, I do pick up because I watch you guys all the time that I do pick up on that stuff. And um, I'm the most critical, obviously, of Mike, but I still pick up other people's. You guys all have your habits and, yep. you know, I have my least favorite habit that I just want to shake people every time they do it. Do not tell people, I'll leave you on this one. Yeah. yeah, Ooh, yeah I don't yeah, like yeah. that either. And it <laughs> spreads like a cancer that all the comics just start doing. I'm like, please stop so doing funny. it. Yeah. That still, is actually so funny. Every I've time never they get the light, yeah. they say that line. I hate yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I'm still recovering from the beating I got the one time I said it. Oh, you did? <laughs> yeah. He said it once and he got off stage. I was like, no, bad mic. No. That was the uh, biggest newspaper ever. But yeah. Bad. <laughs> All right. Well, oh, uh, the timer I know. worked. Our, we got the this timer snazzy. Worked. I like this little timer. Oh, it's it worked. Hour, it's nice. been an hour. I don't know. I stopped paying attention. So I think maybe. That was an hour or maybe oh wait, it's hour. still going. We have like thirty seconds. Perfect. Cool. So we can I do our know. outro. Yeah. So. Yeah. All right. Do you guys have anywhere people can find you? Are you on social medias? Do you have websites? Anything you want to plug? And if it's something live, please be specific with locations. Oh, okay. So I just have this first theater gig that I have coming up April 30th, but it's in Michigan. It's an Ambrosia Theater. So if you're in Michigan, if you want to catch a show, come through to Grand Rapids Ambrosia Theater, April 30th, two shows, 8 p.m. show and then 10 p.m. show. Awesome. So I'm just looking forward to that. Yeah. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. My socials, I don't really post stand-up on my socials right now. I I think I'm going to like gauge it out for the next two, two three years and see where social media takes us. Mm-hmm. And then I'll see if I could post some shit. But right now, no, I don't post anything. Okay. Yeah. All right. How about you, Chris? Uh, You can find me at Grizzly Roseberry on all socials except TikTok. I don't really do TikTok. <laughs> um <laughs> And, you know, it's all meta now anyway, so they're all linked up or whatever, except mm. for Twitter. So Yep. We are in the uh, metaverse. Yeah. Oh, And yeah. then I host at Skyline Comedy Club every yeah. Wednesday, the open mics. You can That's go Appleton, to Wisconsin. Appleton, Wisconsin. Go to openmiker.com or openmicer if you're an asshole. <laughs> I loved that when you said that last time. I, I always that. think openmicer. Why? Who came yeah. up with openmiker.com? It's M-I-C-E-R. That is open micer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But... Yeah, that person should get fired. Open my if you're an Go if there you're and an sign asshole. up for if. a month in advance, and uh, there's opportunities to close. There's opportunities to host, and we're starting to book based off of that show. Nice. We're trying to pull comics from all over the state. Nobody wants to drive uh, two hours for a bucket spot. So if you sign <laughs> right. up in advance, then you'll get a spot in advance, and you don't have to drive for nothing. Otherwise, there are open spots and bucket spots. So. All right. Other than that, I think my next show is April 1st at Willie Beeman's and Nina. Hey, Mike's yeah. going to be on the same yeah. show. Yeah, yeah. here we go, right. buddy. Yeah. Hell yeah. 
So nice. where is Willie Beeman? I don't even know. Nina, Wisconsin. Nina, Nina Wisconsin. Yep. So yeah, two. You get to see two of them on yeah. the same day. Come check us out. So, yeah, and you can find Comedy Connects on Twitter, Facebook. Instagram. Why am I losing it this time? Instagram and TikTok at Comedy Connects and ComedyConnects.com. Like and follow. Like, <laughs> like and subscribe. And, right, we're yeah, recording like it. And subscribe. We're recording it and we're going to keep using it now. It's going to be the canned clothes. <laughs> Find some place to leave a comment about this stuff. Yeah, there you go. Somewhere. There's got to just talk to us somehow. I'm sure you'll figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for listening. All right. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Goodbye. Oh, yeah. Good job, guys. Sweet. Yeah.